invite you all to please turn with me to Romans chapter 8. I'm going to be reading from Romans chapter 8 as I read from verse 1. Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 31. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's what we want to look at this morning. We want to look at the love of God. God's love for us. If you read the scriptures and if you are in the scriptures, you will see love is at the heart of the gospel of God. Love is through the entire scriptures. But don't forget on the other side, there's also God's wrath through the entire scriptures. But as a Christian, I need to ask ourselves this question. I asked myself this question during the week. And I ask ourselves this question this morning. Do we appreciate God's love? Do we appreciate God's love? Or is it just a feeling? Or is it just an emotion? Does it, does it go according to my circumstances? When I'm good, then I appreciate God's love. But when things are bad, then do I still appreciate God's love? Because people will, will know that. People will feel it. When we go through bad times, it seems like we don't appreciate God's love. If we're in the workplace, people will feel that. Our pets will feel that. But when everything goes well, well then, then, then everybody knows that. Because then we appreciate God's love and we, we, we do good things and we are nice to people. But is this how God has called us to love? Is this how God has called us to appreciate His, His love? Well, look with me as I read Romans chapter 12, as I look at verse 1, verse 9. This is how we should love. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with a brotherly affection. That is how we are called to love. But that seems to go out the window when bad circumstance comes our way. I don't know what the coronavirus is doing to your love. Do you still appreciate God's love? No matter what you're going through. We've just been told 
that let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. But do we, do we appreciate God's love? Do we find ourselves appreciating God's love through bad circumstances? And there on the cross, that is where God gives Christians His love. To love no matter what our circumstances is. No matter what we are going through. There God has poured out His love to humanity on the cross. We can only love because He first loved us. God did not have to love. If I look back at Adam and Eve when they sinned, God could have just stopped humanity then. He could have destroyed the world then. What about the flood with Noah? He could have then also destroyed Noah and his family and the entire world at the flood. The same thing could happen with this coronavirus. God could destroy the entire world if he wills, but he won't. Because he's in a covenant relationship with, a new covenant relationship with his people. But we know God is not going to destroy this world at the moment. There will be a time when judgment will come. But it is love, it is his love that causes him not to destroy the world. Like with Adam and Eve and with Noah and his family. Scripture teaches us that God is love. That God loves because He chooses to love. He is loving. He is love. His love is perfect and undeserved. But do we appreciate God's love? It's not a romantic feeling. It's not a, it's not a soft love. It's not sentimental. God is not going to remove this coronavirus from this world because now He suddenly feels sorry for us. He suddenly has, has feelings for us in our miserable estate. No, nothing but God's own sovereign good pleasure compels him to love sinners. His own sovereign will governs his love. God pursued us with love because he chose to pursue us with love. We do not pursue him with love. His love is incomprehensible. We will not fully understand it. But we do know that God's nature is to give of himself in order to bring about his love and goodness for us. And for us to appreciate his love. But do we appreciate God's love? Do we only appreciate God's love when it's good things? And we don't appreciate God's love when it's bad things. What about you, children? Do you appreciate your parents' love when they discipline you? Do you still love them? Or do you only appreciate their love now because this weekend you will get some nice chocolates? Love mustn't be controlled by our emotions. But here are two truths from Scripture that I want to share for us. And they will come from Romans chapter 8 verses 31 to 39. But here are two truths that I want to share with us to help us to appreciate God's love as we walk with Him in this fallen world. And the first truth to help us to appreciate God's love is God's love on the cross. Look with me at verse 32. 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? There on the cross, there is God's love, like I said. There he demonstrated his love for us. And the all things that, that, that the verse mentions is that it's also God's love. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And the all things there, he has given us love. God's love, his love to walk with us in this dark world. On the cross where Jesus was crucified, there his love is shown to sinful humanity. Fallen creatures. We have no rightful claim of his love, his goodness, his mercy. But on the cross, there God chose to love us and to demonstrate his love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And then if we go to verse 8 of chapter 5. But God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. There on the cross, he demonstrated his love towards us. That while we were yet sinners, while we were rebelling against God, living our own lives, there he gave his only son to die on our behalf. God sent his son into the world so that he might die for those who are chosen before the foundation of the world, that we might live through him. What a great God we serve. A God of love. The cross is the proof of God's love. If I read 1 John 4. 1 John 4. If you turn with me to 1 John 4. Looking at verse 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Like someone said, said propitiation is to remove us from the wrath of God that we deserved. Christ died as a propitiation for our sins. He satisfied the wrath of God. Jesus satisfied the wrath of God. The wrath of God was supposed to be poured out on us, but instead it was poured out on Him, on behalf of us. He took upon Himself God's wrath so that it may, be, it may satisfy His Father. Like we said, ultimately the cross showed God's love. Someone said that the cross is the one objective, absolute, irrefutable proof of God's love for us. But for us to appreciate God's love, let's just go back a little bit. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2. There it reminds us that we were spiritually dead in our transgressions and sins. We were hopeless. It doesn't matter how morally upright 
we were in our unsaved state. We still appeared to God spiritually dead. We, we followed the course of the world. We weren't interested in the things of God. We lived for ourselves, our own selfish ambitions, our desires, our pleasures. We looked at the world in our unsaved state. And we all wanted to do as what we did and what we do, everything for self-gratification. I know in my own case, when people came to witness the gospel to me, I wasn't really cared. In colorful language, I told them to get lost. I was not interested in God. I was interested in myself. I lived in the world. It was my world. I didn't care about appreciating God's love or even knowing anything about God's love. And as I lived like this, I was by nature an object of God's wrath. I didn't know that. And it's important that we see where we've come from. We were dead in our sins. We were object of God's wrath. That is why the cross is so important. There on the cross is God's love. Jesus took God's wrath upon himself. It should have come upon us. And instead it came upon him. So we might have eternal life. Those that God has chosen before the foundation of the world. God's wrath is something that we must not lose sight of. It's real and very justified. His wrath was upon us before God saved us because we all sin continuously against a holy, righteous God. Like I said, we were by nature children of wrath. And it's good to be reminded of this. Because it should help us now to appreciate God's love. To see that we were left in a miry pit. We were, we were helpless. We were hopeless. We were dead in our sins. We had absolutely no claim on God's love. We couldn't even find God. He came to us. And He sent His Son to die on the cross. To rescue us from the wrath to come. That should encourage us to appreciate God's love. Because this is what God has done for us. Look with me at Colossians chapter 1. As I read from Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. Surely this should draw us to want to appreciate God's love. God loved us enough to send His Son, His only Son, to die for us while we were an enemy of God. And surely because of this, He loves us enough to care for us now as His children, that He has saved us through His Son and by His Son, that it's all Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for God's glory alone, built on Scripture alone. Surely that He has saved us, He, he loves us enough now to care for us, His children, and we can trust God with His love. As we walk through this, this, this time of uncertainty, we must learn to, to preach the gospel to ourselves. 
We must learn to, to go to the scriptures daily, to saturate our minds so that we will not allow our feelings and our emotions to get in the way of appreciating God's love. Obviously, we will still feel heartache and pain. It doesn't take that away, but it helps us to work through it. It helps us not to curl up in a corner and push God away. His love will be sufficient for us to, to get us all through this heartache and pain. So will we look at this first truth? Will we look to the cross to see God's love for us? So that we can walk with Him. Like scripture says in Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise but as wise. Making the best of the time. Because the days are evil. The second truth to help us to appreciate God's love is God's love in Christ. Look with me at Romans chapter 8, verse 39. Nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if we've experienced God's love on the cross, if we've experienced His love through the crucifixion, we will experience God's love in Christ. Because we are in Christ. Galatians 2.20 reminds us that I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. But Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul is saying that no matter what happens to us in this world, that we can walk with God in this world. Because nothing in this world will take away our love of God that is in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit has sealed our relationship with Christ. We're in Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And no matter what goes on in this world, I can walk with God knowing that He will never separate me from Himself and His Son and His Spirit. But what does it mean to be in Christ? What does it mean to be in Christ? The term in Christ means our relationship with God. It's our relationship between ourselves and Christ. Someone said it can refer to our organic union with Jesus Christ. And reading around this, it, it, to understand this, we go to John's Gospel. Where it speaks about the, the vine and the branches. And it speaks about the same union. It, 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 it is Jesus' metaphor. In, in his metaphor on the vine and the branches, this is what Jesus speaks about. He's the vine, we are the branches. And just like the branches of a grapevine are attached to the vine to bear fruit, so we are branch attached to Jesus, who is the vine, to bear fruit, all for the glory of God. So as believers, we are in a spiritual sense, are organically united to Christ Jesus. We're united to Christ Jesus. When I go down to, to pray, if I go down on my knees, or if I sit, I'll go down with 
Christ Jesus to pray. Or he goes down with me to pray. Because he lives in me and I and he's and his love is in me. God's loving Christ is in me. Will we appreciate God's love for us in Christ? Will we appreciate God's love for us knowing that his love does not change? God's love for us does not change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. God's love for the Christian is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. He does not love us when we sin. Now I'm not saying we can sin. Because Paul reminds us in the book of Galatians. Those that practice sin will not inherit eternal life. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I'm not saying we, we can just sin freely. But if we sin, God loves us the same. When we sin, we should go to God. Run to God and ask Him to forgive us. There should be repentance. Our, our life, our daily life should be lived in true repentance. See, His love is not controlled by His emotions. His love for us is the same in spite of our sin. But, like I said, the book is all about God's love. The Bible, the sacred scriptures, is all about God's love, but it's also about God's wrath. So as children of God, when we do sin, God in His love will discipline us. And that brings about comfort and security for us, knowing that God will discipline us in His love and that His love does not change. And as parents, I hope that's the same. Our children will disappoint us. And our love for them should not change. When our children do something wrong, if they're young or if they're grown up and they're married now and they've moved on, uh, they're, 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 the things that they do to disappoint us should not change our love for them. We should also love them through this. We should not allow our feelings and our emotions to get in the way. They should feel secure because we love them in spite of what they do. And we too, in love, will discipline them. We too will rebuke them and we will correct them. Because all scripture is God-breathed and is refutable. And, and, it's, and it's profitable for rebuking, for correcting, and for teaching, and for training in righteousness. So as parents, love your children through, no matter what happens. I know of the story, and it's a quick story of this man. They came up one day, and he caught his son in pornography. And he wanted to get the, the, the cricket bat and, 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 and do harm, bodily harm to his son. But as a Christian man, he went to his pastor, and he was shaking, and he said to his pastor, I caught my son in pornography, and, and I'm not happy, and, and I just want to give him one big fat hiding with this cricket bat. The pastor said, no, 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 slow down, slow down. What has happened in your son's life is a blessing. Because now you can come alongside him and you can love him and nurture him through this problem rather than lambase him. You can help him now so that at least this doesn't happen when he's married one day with children. Think of the ramifications. Think of the problems. So parents, 
every disappointment, every sin, every naughty thing that your children do, it's a blessing because now you can lovingly come alongside them and help them out of it. Nurture them. And we should gather them in our arms, our children, just like God gathers us in His arms and carries us close to His heart. He gently loves us. Isaiah 40 says this. Isaiah 40 verse 11 says this. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. That's our God. He's gentle and humble in heart. And he cares for us. Will we appreciate his love? God's love in Christ for his children is a, is a, is a great and glorious thing to know. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. What a beautiful truth to know that we have been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. Do we appreciate God's love? And we have these spiritual blessings because God's love is for us. There's a big problem in the church today where, where we should stop thinking that God looks for a reason to love us as his children. That God loves me because I do something for him. Reading around at, at some books, and I know Timothy Keller touches on, on, on this, the church today is so caught up in works righteousness or works religion. What do I mean by works religion? Well, we must do something for God to love us. What we're doing is moving from the gospel to religion. We're moving to legalism. I obey, therefore I'm accepted. I do things, therefore God loves me. And that's what happens to our minds. We keep thinking if we do things for God, He will love us more. If I give more money, He will love me more. If I go to church more often, He will love me more. If I read and, 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 and pray the Bible, He will love me more. I obey, therefore I am accepted. But it's the other way around. The gospel is, I'm accepted by God, therefore I obey Him. That's gospel living. That's what we must look at. We must stop thinking that if I go visit Jack today, and I go visit him and I do a good deed, then I can come home and say, God, I've done my good deed today. I've been a good Samaritan now you must bless me, God. You must come through for me today. That's religion. That is legalism. That is not the gospel. Instead, the, we go and visit Jack because God's love is in us. And God's love, Christ's love, compels us to go visit Jack because Jack is our neighbor. And we are told to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. And it's, and it's Christ's love that motivates us it's God's love that compels us to go visit Jack. We must be careful that we are not, and I borrow this from someone, living in a performance relationship with God. 
God's love does not fail us. He looks at us and sees us united to his beloved son, clothed in his son's righteousness. And God loves us because we are in Christ Jesus. Doesn't love me more or love me less. If I do something wrong, he doesn't love me less. If I do something more, something great, he doesn't love me more. God loves me because of who I am and because of who he is. It's beautiful to know that our union with Christ guarantees God's sovereign love towards us. Will we appreciate the second truth? God's love for us in Christ and walk with Him in this fallen world. Will we take these two truths this morning on Good Friday, on Crucifixion Friday? Will we take these two truths, God's love on the cross, God's love in Christ, and appreciate God's love? Will we trust Him with His love as we walk with Him in this perverse, fallen world? Will we look to the cross? Because there on the cross, God showed His love to the world, and especially to those that are chosen through His Son, those that He has called. Will we look to the cross? And know that there God our Father poured out His love without measure as He sent His Son, His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into this world. The Son of Man, who was sinless, who was perfect, to die on the cross. There God demonstrated His love for us. There His love was revealed. There God has revealed Himself as a God of immeasurable love. Will we look back and be reminded? Nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And hearing this, will we appreciate God's love? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for, again, this, this beautiful passage to remind us that you are a God of love, but you also are a God of wrath. But Father, as I look at your love, I thank you that you just didn't tell us in words, I love you. You demonstrated your love, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us on the cross. You showed us your love. You expressed your love. It was an action. It wasn't just mere words. So our Father, please forgive us. Please be merciful to us. Help us to, to look to you. Help us to appreciate your love. But there you, your love was demonstrated on the cross. And your love for us is in Christ and is secure. Forgive us when we do not appreciate your love, Father. Help us. Help us all to, to look to you and to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of the faith, and appreciate his love for us as we walk with him in this fallen world. Help us, Father. Be merciful to us. Be merciful to Robertson Reformed Community Church. Comfort us. Encourage us to appreciate God's love in this time of uncertainty as we go through this painful and difficult time with what's happening in the world with this coronavirus. Help us to appreciate Christ's love for us and to keep loving you and loving one another. Pray and ask this all in 
In Jesus' name, Amen. I'm just going to close with a benediction from Revelation. To Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His blood and made us a kingdom priest to His God and Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And God's children say, Amen.